Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey Rush Nation, what is happening? Episode 51 of the 5 Yards College Podcast. I'm Tom, I'm back, and I am joined by the man who has the cure to the common cold. He just hasn't found the right price to sell it yet. Ash Goddard, we good, mate? Yes, very good, thanks. Very good. Glad to have you back and taking the control once again. How are you doing? I'm all right, mate. I'm all right, mate. I, uh, as as some, some listeners and you well know, I had the the coronavirus uh, last week and there was a little period where I was rough but fortunately that that was as bad as it got um, so I was quite lucky in that sense so when when you recorded on Monday I still wasn't eating um, and then all of a sudden I just wanted salt like I wanted um, plain tortilla chips salted tortilla chips but the idea of salt and vinegar was the worst thing in the world so <laughs> it was really weird, really weird. Um, and then by Wednesday, when the pod came out, you wouldn't have known I'd had it at all. I was ready for for getting out of isolation. So, yeah, it was it was it was a strange, strange few days. And then uh, lots of writing while I was cooped up, isolated in me in my bedroom. So lots of writing got done. Um, I suppose I need to say thank you to Jordan, don't I, for for stepping in and. You know, it's sort of the unwritten rule of the podcast that I don't give the Pac-12 enough respect. And, and there I am, <laughs> contracting coronavirus to avoid the Pac-12 pod. But yeah, Jordan was I in talking th- about his Huskies. I did think it was, uh, I did think it was in te- in, intentional. But uh, well, yeah, I've George, used, George I've used the on. Corona card once now, so I can't use it again. No, exactly. No, so, I mean, John had a great time though, so. Yeah, it was good. I enjoyed yeah. it. And it was, it was... It was one of those things where in the early in the early parts of it, I couldn't occupy my mind on anything. So I tried listening to the podcast when it came out and I just didn't have the brain capacity for it. So uh, <laughs> I had to go back to it a couple of days yet later. But yeah, you did me proud and, and I knew you would. But a big thank you to Jordan as well for, for stepping in. He's always there when we need him. He's good like that. Uh, tonight, it's about the Big Ten. I'm looking forward to it. Um I don't know why we've ended up leaving the Big Ten as late as we have. It's no disrespect to the conference, um, but here we are. Yeah, no, exactly. I, th- I think it's just been more out of circumstance than anything. Obviously, I missed a, an episode and we didn't we want to do the Big Ten when I wasn't on. And obviously, you missed last week's and it was a good opportunity to get Jordan for the Pac-12. So it's just, it's almost sort of written itself, fortunately. Yeah, I'm quite looking forward to the Big Ten season. There's... Um, Looking at the odds, I, I, I mean, we'll talk about them in a minute because we're just using them in terms of who the bookmakers think has the most chance of winning. There's no surprise at the top, but as you get to the middle of the pack, I was shocked to see the odds on, on certain programmes, and we'll, we'll come to it in a minute. But I don't think the bookmakers are... Well, they clearly know more than me because 
you never see bookmakers going out of business, really. So they know something I don't. Before we get to it, let's talk about the news in college football. Ash, you are my man for for the goings on in the world of college football. What have I missed in the last week? Yeah, to be honest, not a great deal actually. We had quite a bit um, on on last week's show, um, but yeah, not not a great deal. A few transfers have been announced, and then a couple of uh, other bits of news. So we'll do the transfers first. The first one is actually in relation to a Big Ten team. Uh, Texas A and M wide receiver Cameron Buckley has announced his transfer to the Indiana Hoosers, um, and he's been granted immediate eligibility, so he will be on the field in 2021. Um, for those that uh, follow Texas A and M, will know that uh, Buckley had a good 2019, but he missed all of 2020 due to injury, um, and obviously he's felt uh, now is the right time for him to move on and and have a, another shot somewhere else. Uh, be very interested to see how he gets on in Indiana. That's something that passed me by because I didn't put it in the season preview for for Indiana, so I'm glad you've mentioned it. <laughs> yeah, and then the uh, the other transfer news is in relation to an SEC, both both SEC teams actually, and that's former LSU quarterback TJ Finley. Uh, those of you may know that he announced he was entering the transfer portal earlier this month. Um, he's now announced his transfer to Auburn for the 21 season. Which is an interesting move, considering that they have Bo Nix um, and a number of other guys there already. I think he's the fourth or fifth quarterback on the Auburn roster. Um, he spent one year in in LSU. Um, I think he obviously was a highly rated uh, recruit in 2019. Uh, uh, sorry, 2020. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's decided to uh, to cut short his his time at LSU already and and have a crack in Auburn. Um, I don't I don't think we're going to see him on the field this season unless even Bonix gets hurt or has a really bad time it's uh, it seems like a a horizontal uh, lateral move more than anything it's an odd one for him to choose auburn over a number of other club teams that probably did need a a good quarterback that was going to get starts i think most of us are expecting this to be bonix's last year i mean bonix is going into his junior year now is that right and i think if finley finley's a sophomore I think the expectation there would be, as you suggested, a year of backing up Bo Nix and, and then taking over the mantle. And you would assume that not that hasn't necessarily been promised, but that's certainly been surely been talked about for him to to make a move that doesn't seem like an obvious one. As you said, it doesn't seem like an immediate need to start. No, I mean there has been reports that there will be um, the a competition between Finley and Knicks, but I, I do fully expect Knicks to start out the year under centre. Obviously, he he knows this offence inside out. As as much as he struggled at times, it is his job to lose. But Finley is a very talented quarterback. So whether it's this year or next year, um, I think we're going to see good things from him. Um, and I do think he'll push Knicks for 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 some time if Nick struggles. And then the two other pieces of news we've got. The first one is in relation to a collaboration. Uh, we spoke a few, well, it's probably about a month or so ago now, about the HBCU um, bowl game. That's the historically black college and universities um, had been set up. They have now also joined forces with the Senior Bowl and the NFL, and they'll hold a separate combine um, in January 2022 for athletes uh, from historically black colleges and universities, which will be known as the HBCU Combine. Um, so again, it's another step in the right direction for for these athletes. I believe, um, I don't believe any um, athletes were 
drafted in the NFL draft in 21 uh, from from the HBCU program or uh, those those colleges and universities. So um, it's good to see that they are trying to put some some more attention on on this area. Yeah, and am I right in saying that we didn't see any HBCU players drafted this year? So yeah, that's right. There was there was some discussion that that obviously losing the the combine, but also less uh, attempts to sort of play the year, but attention on the on the season has meant that people have missed out on their opportunity, including you know people like David Moore, who we expected to be a a day three pick. So it, it seems to be retrospective action in, in, in light of that. And, you know, the more, the more young athletes that get their chance to, to showcase what they've got, the better, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, definitely. I was reading someone earlier about this and about the, 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 the players from these, from these schools. Uh, and I think this is the night, this, the 2021 draft was the ninth time since the since 2000 that there hasn't been a single player selected. So hopefully this combine and the uh, senior bowl, uh, it's going to, as I say, the, the HBCU bowl will will obviously give these guys another another area to to show what they have, and of course, hopefully a full season as well will help that. And then last but not least, back into the Big Ten um, and with the Ohio State Buckeyes. Um, and it's in relation to the athletic director, Gene Smith. Uh, there's been some text released between himself and the then president-elect Christina Johnson um, back in um, August last year. Um, so just before the cancellation of the Big Ten full season, um, and it was just before that uh, Gene Smith was going to go into the meeting where they found out it was being cancelled, and subsequently after that, um, that they were talking about the possibility of becoming an independent program and setting up their own schedule. That that didn't obviously obviously didn't come to pass, and <clears throat> I believe that from what we can see is the only uh, conversation that's been released. Um, I do believe Gene Smith's been asked about it, but he has not made any further comments yet. But it's uh, it's an interesting piece of news to come out um, from there, and I'm sure we'll probably see more more reports and, and probably at some point Smith or, or Christina Johnson coming out and, uh, uh, and giving their side of the story. But, but interesting news that they've uh, that, that, that was uh, on the table. But unsurprising considering, like you say, the Big Ten full season was at one point cancelled. So that isn't a long-term aim. That was just one of the options they were considering in light of not playing a Big Ten season. It's difficult to tell from the texts uh, whether it was just a we'll do this this year whilst these issues are going on or if it's a long term we want to become independent I, I believe it was just a um, whilst everything's going on but it's not overly clear and unless they come out and speak about it I, I don't think it will become clear and I've brought some news Ash oh, which okay. isn't like me um, Eric Gilbert the tight end that <laughs> we've talked about a lot so LSU Tiger decommits Commits then to Florida in January. Decommits a month later again. Um, Rumours now that he is back in contention to go back to Baton Rouge. But yesterday reports emerged that he is being recruited by the Georgia Bulldogs, who in recent years haven't really used tight ends to to great effect. And now it seems to be that the Bulldogs are, are in the mix. Now, it seems to be with every week uh, an, uh, another team particularly in the SEC, is linked with him. And 
I just want this this saga to be over now. Yeah, the, same here. Uh, he's got so much talent, and he is. If he can, if he can realize that talent, he's going to be an unbelievable player. And I just hope that he can get settled wherever that may be, and and just get out on the field and show what he can do. Because we've seen it in high school, and we've seen it in short spurts that that what he can do. We just need him to to decide what he wants and and get back on the field. And if he does get back on the field and find himself in a settled situation, then us college football fans aren't going to hear too much about it until draft time comes around. And then that is all people Mm -hmm. will talk about. We'll talk about his commitment to school and the cause and does he love football? And then we'll have to have these conversations all over again, waiting to see what happens when he's, when he's trying to enter the pros. So let's talk about the Big Ten for 2021. As always, we're going to do a very brief recap of the 2020 season. We're going to look at some top fixtures and then Ash is going to tell you who he's looking out for uh, as a a breakout player this year. The teams are ranked in order of their odds at the bookmakers. Please do not take these odds as uh, tips. They are not. They're just to help us rank the teams. If you're going to put a bet on it, Please don't do it on our word because we don't know what we're talking about when it comes to gambling. Um, <clears throat> my bets on the Champions League final were anything to go by. It just goes to show when it comes to gambling, me and gambling don't mix. So um, unsurprisingly, the team that is uh, most hotly tipped to win the Big Ten yet again, Ohio State Buckeyes, uh, two to three. So three pounds on to get a fiver back in total. Um, it's not quite the sort of short odds that you'll get with Clemson in the ACC, but it's it's getting there. Uh, the Buckeyes went 7-1 and one in 2020. They, of course, were Big Ten champions, won the Sugar Bowl game versus Clemson, but eventually lost in the national championship game against the Alabama Crimson Tide. Now, the Buckeyes are, of course, Ash, I think we'll both be in agreement. They're going to be one of the best teams in college football yet again next year. Three games to look out for. The second game of the season, uh, the weekend of September the 11th, they host the Oregon Ducks. Um, And so the best of the Big Ten takes on the best from the Pac-12. A visit to Indiana on October the 23rd. And and that was a defence that gave uh, Ryan Day and Justin Fields a lot to think about uh, last year. So that will be uh, another interesting fixture and you know in terms of Big Ten opposition um, that could be um, a game to look out for it was within a score last year and then of course the game that was cancelled last year uh, the rivalry game Thanksgiving weekend when Ohio State visit the Michigan Wolverines so the story uh, coming into 2021 of course Justin Fields is gone and CJ Stroud is expected to deputise at quarterback Chris Olave made a shock decision to stay in the college game and he will be in that wide receiver room with Garrett Wilson um, two as a tandem, two of the, the scariest prospects in all of college football. Um, of course, Wyatt Davis and uh, Josh Myers on the offensive line are gone, so expect change on the interior of the offensive line. Ohio State, yet again, top in recruiting in the Big Ten, five five-star recruits. That is two more than the rest of the Big Ten conference combined. So the, the scales continue to weigh in the Buckeyes' favour. And last year, they were ranked number one in total offence with 519 total yards per game. No pressure, CJ Stroud. 
Ash, is there any team in the Big Ten that you fear? Um, yeah, there's a couple of teams that I, I think are going to take a step forward this year and a couple of teams that um, have either retained well or brought in brought in players. But I, I do think it's Ohio's to lose. I don't think the QB job is, uh, is Stroud's <laughs> right now. I did now. think you were going to say that. Uh, when I rolled because... this up, I did think that you were going to be on the side of of there's going to be a but competition. Who who 100%, who's going there's... to be in the running for CJ Stroud's job? So there's CJ Stroud, of course, um, who's entering his second year, 2020 top five quarterback uh, in the recruiting class. There's Jack Miller, who's entering his second year, top 10 quarterback in the 2020 recruitment class. And Carl McCord, who is a, the, is a true freshman this year, top five quarterback in the 21 recruitment class. They've all got a combined three uh, completed passes between them. Um, Stroud I believe had one last year and, and Miller had two and for, from what we're seeing it's a very open competition I do think Stroud is um, is the favourite um, and I think he probably will get the first crack at it uh, but I wouldn't be surprised to see the other guys have an opportunity um, as well but I, I think whoever wins this job is going to be the best quarterback in, in the Big Ten mm-hmm. um, I think any one of these three could could walk into any of the other changing rooms and, and pro- locker rooms and probably be the starter. Um, so it's a ridiculous amount of talent. And to be honest, I think depending on what happens this year, I suspect one of those guys will probably be out of the program next year uh, because Especially also with, uh, Quinn Ewers is coming yeah. in exactly. So one or two of those guys could be could be on their way out if they don't win the job. Um, but I do think Stroud will will starts um come the first game um i think mccord it might be a bit too early um considering he is obviously a true freshman but th- this whole ohio state roster th- what they've retained uh the guys who are had have now got an extra year i mean you've got obviously master teague who had injury problems last year and you've got sat behind him arguably a better guy in um, Trevion Henderson, the the freshman running back, who, to be honest, I think if he's given the chance, he's going to win the job over Master Teague very quickly if he's allowed to. I suspect it will probably be a a situation like Trey Sermon and Master Teague before his injury last year where they both get time. But Henderson is, I'm very excited to see what what he can do. Uh, And I mean, the the wide receiver room. I mean, we, we lost Jamison Williams to, um, Bama, right? Bama. Yeah. And Mookie Cooper's gone as well to Mizu, but we've still got six guys there who are essentially yeah. starters. You've got, obviously you've mentioned Olave and Garrett Wilson, but you've also got five-star recruit from this year, Amika Egbuka, uh, Jackson Smith in Jeebas there. Uh, Julian Fleming, yeah, this 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 whole team's stacked. I don't think they're going to have any issues replacing the guys that are gone. Um, and then my player to watch is one of those wide receivers. Um, and I've gone for Garrett Wilson. I think he is the best wide receiver out of all of these guys. I think it's a bit unfortunate for him personally. I think it's great for Ohio that Chris Olave's come back. I think it's unfortunate for Wilson that Olave's come back because that's going to eat into some of his targets. I feel like if if Olave had declared and gone to the NFL, Wilson would be the the, the clear wide receiver one in this in this in this team. But I do think he is the better guy um, 
out of the two, but I also think he will still face the <clears throat> the the number two secondaries. I think Olave's still going to command the first, uh, the 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 cornerback one, the, the the top safety. But Wilson's got some of the best hands um, in in college in the Big Ten. Um, he's physical when he's competing with the ball. He's got good speed, uh, and like I say, he's going to be getting the favorable one favorable matchups at least to start with Olave in the starting lineup and I'm very excited to see him um this year uh, and what he what else he can do because in a short time already he's 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 played very well in this in this Ohio State team. I imagine we're going to get another situation in in the next 12 months where a little bit like with Jerry Judy and Henry Ruggs where entering that draft class people were debating back and forth right the way up until draft night who the better prospect was coming out of Alabama. And we're going to get that with Chris Olave. And is it Olave, Olave, Olave? It's difficult. I'm going to go Olave. Yeah, I, I think I, I, I think Olave, but it depends it on who the, you ask. It wouldn't really, be the first it? time I'd, I'd, I'd mispronounced a, a prospect's <laughs> name. I'm going to go with Olave. So Olave and Wilson, definitely what a great one to punch. They've got a wide receiver there. The, the, the Ohio State wide receiver room is looking very, very healthy indeed. And Ash, I gave you the opportunity. I dangled the carrot to let you talk about your Buckeyes and you did not disappoint. Second in terms of uh, odds with the bookmakers, uh, Wisconsin. Wisconsin at 8-1. to one. And in 2020, they went 4-3. and three. They had two games cancelled and they were games against um, Nebraska and uh, Purdue. There was a game postponed against uh, Minnesota that was later played, and they did go on to win the Duke's Mayo Bowl. Um, for me, for Wisconsin, I think they're in a battle to be the best of the rest in the Big Ten. Uh, on September the 25th, they host the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. October the 30th, and uh, they, they host Iowa, and November 13th, they host Northwestern. And, and for me, they are the three toughest fixtures for Wisconsin in terms of trying to be the best of the rest in, in the Big Ten, because we saw what Notre Dame did last year as, as an ACC team. But Iowa and Northwestern, I mean, I'm going to talk about Iowa later on. They were desperately close to, to being one of the best teams in the Big Ten. In fact, they were probably a point away in the end. Um, Iowa and Northwestern, two good teams last year. We expect them to be to be at the top. But let's talk about Wisconsin for just a little moment again. Um, we talked about Chris Olave returning for Ohio State. That happened with tight end Jake Ferguson. Um, he's returning for his fifth season of college football, and he was the favourite target of freshman quarterback Graham Mertz, who emerged with a bang in 2020. Um, They are ranking currently third in recruitment for the 2021 season. For me, Ash, it's a case of Wisconsin being the best of the rest. Do you think that's a fair assessment? Uh, Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think they definitely will be fighting to, to take a step back a step forward because they were poor last year. Um, they were the best of the rest along well uh, in 2019. Then Penn State and, and Minnesota, I believe, all had a seven and two record. And you look back at 2020, and and, and the Badgers are on three and three um, or four and three. Sorry, after the after the bowl game, but they will be very disappointed in that season. Their team is too good to be 
a, a 500 team. Uh, they should be competing for the West. I think the West is going to be incredibly competitive this year. Like you say, with, with, with Wisconsin, Minnesota, Iowa, Northwestern taking a massive step up last year. Um, but I, I think it's really going to be a coin toss between five or six teams as the, as the other team that's going to be in the big 10 title. Um, uh, and are going to be competing for the for the the best of the rest, as you say. But I think Wisconsin have got a really good chance of doing that, uh, especially with Graham Mertz under centre. Let's hope his uh, his freshman year wasn't a, a flash in the pan. I don't think it was. He looked impressive at times, and he looked raw and and, and young at times. Um, but I, I, I like what he show, he was able to show, and I, I hope he can continue to do that this year. Who's your player to watch? So I think the the easy one would have been Graham Mertz. Um, so I've decided to stay away from him. And then it was out of two players. First one is Jalen Berger, the running back. Um, he finished with over 300 yards last year in five games and a couple of touchdowns. I expect in his second year to, to, to again, take a step forward. But I've gone on the defensive side for, for Wisconsin and I've gone for Fion Hicks. And he's another guy who was called upon in 2020, um, probably before... It was expected. Now he is entering his senior year. He's been with the program for f- this will be his fourth season, but he's he's always been a um, he's he's been a starter, but he's not been the main guy. That's usually that's been Rashad Wild Goose and a couple of guys before him. But when Wild Goose went down injured, Hicks was asked to t- step up and, and become the guy, become the main cornerback, the leader of the secondary, and that's exactly what he did. Twenty twenty was a great year for him. Um, he finished with thirteen tackles um, and four pass defended. He's not the guy that you. Um, look to making deceptions, but he is a guy that's got impressive size and he's got very impressive ball skills in terms of tracking the ball in the air and, and blocking it. Um, I believe, I was like say, he had four pass defended this year. I think he's had uh, three in 2018 and one in an injury in an injured 2019. Um, and I think if he can take another step forward this year and, and continue his development, and they'll be coming up against some some very 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 good wide receivers. So he's going to be called upon a lot this season. Um, as you obviously mentioned, they're coming up against Notre Dame. They've got Michigan, Purdue, who've got a, a great wide receiver. Minnesota have got good wide receivers. I think if he can show um, another level this year, I think he's going to he's gonna be one to talk about. And I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing him on the defensive side of the ball. I think he needs to be a leader if, if Wisconsin want to be successful on the defence. Coming to third favourites, and this is where, for me, things start to get strange, um, considering the year they had in 2020. The Michigan Wolverines are coming in third overall at 17-2. to two. They didn't go to a bowl game in 2020. I think officially they declined any invites, but they finished with a 2-4 and four record. Um, there are some teams further down the list that we're going to talk about later on, namely Iowa Excuse me. Seems like uh, COVID hasn't 100% gone away. Um, Namely, Iowa and Northwestern, who I think are better placed to have a better year in 2021. But but there we go. Um, Top three fixtures to look out for for the Wolverines. They host Washington on the weekend of September 11th, host Penn State the weekend of November 13th. And of course, as I mentioned before, 
that rivalry game on Thanksgiving weekend against the Buckeyes. Um, the news coming into 21, Jim Harbour has taken quite the pay cut. We believe it's down from $8 million a year to $4 million a year. And I remember when the news of the extension broke, Ash, and we were, were wondering why it had happened. And, you know, because it seemed as though he was on the hot seat. But when news came out about the finances and that he's taking essentially a 50% pay cut, it started to make more sense. He's entering his seventh season as head coach of the Michigan Wolverines. It's safe to say that so far his tenure has been a disappointment as Ohio State seemed to go from strength to strength. Now, despite their recent woes, they ranked number two overall in recruitment going into 2021, which might be why the bookmakers have them uh, as third favourites. And of course, the big hole, particularly on defence, is that of Quitty Pay, who is now applying his trade for the Indianapolis Colts. But Ash, your player to watch to watch isn't um, an edge rusher, it isn't a defender at all. Tell me about Donovan Edwards. Yeah, Donovan Edwards is one of those recruits that you just spoke about when they were ranked number two. Um it was out of him and JJ McCarthy, who's the five-star quarterback that's uh, that's competing for the job with Cade McNamara and, and Alan Bowman, who's coming from Texas Tech. I think McNamara and Bowman will probably get the first shout, but this is JJ McCarthy's team. It's just a, it's just a case of getting him ready before he takes over. Mm-hmm. I think Donovan Edwards is a, is in a similar situation. Obviously, um, Charbonnet has transferred out. He's gone to TCU, I believe. And Donovan Edwards is coming in, four-star recruit. Um, and I mean, he is probably, well, he's the best pass catching running back in this recruitment class, in my opinion. Um, and But he is also in, incredibly physical when he's got the ball um, and he will go through players. He will, he will find those, those extra yards. And I think he could be a complete back. Uh, think of JJ Dobbins um, for Ohio State. He's a very incredible pass catcher, but he can get it done on the ground as well. Donovan Edwards is is a similar similar player to him. Five uh, eleven, just shy of two hundred pounds already. Um, and I think it's only a matter of time before he is the 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 lead back in this in this running back class. We've seen. We've seen Harbour in the past go with a, a single running back and a couple of guys to, to complement at times. And I think this is what will happen again once Edwards gets back, once Edwards gets up to speed, which I hope is quick in the spring games and um, and as the, as the preseason goes along. Uh, but I fully expect him to take command of this of this um, offense from a, from a running point of view, as long as the the offensive line can can stay up, um, can stay intact and, and the quarterback is uh is JJ McCarthy. I think Bowman and McNamara will, will will do a job to begin with, but they're not the answer. I think you want Edwards and you want McCarthy to be leading uh from the from the QB and RB position. And there's a lot of hope that, you know, after some very average quarterback play that the Wolverines have finally found someone that that can give them the sort of success that, that they've been missing out on and, and craving for some time. Uh, another team that, that is, of course, well-supported with a rich history, um, s- some of it richer than, than other chapters, we'll, we'll, we'll say that, uh, is, of course, the Penn State Nittany Lions. They're uh, the same odds as Michigan, 17 to 2. In 2020, they suffered the worst start in programme history, going 0-5, but recovered uh, to finish 4-5, leaving them third in the Big Ten East. Um 
James Franklin seemed to be on the hot seat before a turnaround at the end of last year. He will be expecting better in 2021. Michael Parsons opted out. And even though he he was missed last year, uh, it feels as though it's not a case of replacing him for 2021. The problem was on defence because the Nittany Lions were number two in total offence and second in yards per game in 2020. And so the problem does seem to be on the defensive side of the ball. Three fixtures to look out for for Penn State. September the 18th, they host Auburn. October the 9th, a trip to Iowa. And then the Michigan State rivalry game on November 27th. Like Michigan, I think Penn State will be looking for an improved record, but also improved performances on the field in 2021. Ash, your player to watch. Yeah, so this was really hard because there's a few guys on this team that are very at the top top end of uh, of, of players in, in the college game. Um, wide receiver Jahan Dotson, I think he's going to have a massive year. Sean Clifford, um, I think he, he performed well considering how the whole team performed last year. Uh, John Lovett is a freshman running back that was uh, joined the program, um, and cornerback Tariq Castro Fields. I've tried to go. Uh, I tried to go for a little less obvious on this one. I've tried to mix it up in in this week's one and go for some less obvious names and some obvious names for Penn State. I've gone with linebacker Brandon Smith, and that's because Brandon Smith took a step up in 2020. He became the starter. He was start. He started in all gate in, in all eight games, um, and he continued to improve as each game went on. As we know, as you just said, Tom, and as we spoke about a lot. Last Last year, they started abysmally, but um, they 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 turned themselves around and they they started to show the team that they should be. And I think they will compete this year. I, I have more confident in confidence in them than I do in Michigan to compete this year. Um, Brandon Smith was a five star recruit. He has unfortunately struggled on and off the field, which has obviously hindered his playtime with Penn State. He's had a couple of injuries, but um, he is. I would say he's the best athlete on this Penn State defense. And you can see it uh, when he's playing. Um, he is, he's got size. He's got speed. He, he's an every down linebacker. He can go from one side of the field to the other. He can rush the passer. He can drop into coverage. He offers everything. He's got all of the skills that you want from a top tier starting linebacker. Not only at the college level, but in my opinion, in the NFL. And I think if he can iron out a few kinks and sort a few of his issues out and he has a good 2021, I think he is going to be someone we're going to be looking at. He's only a sophomore at the moment, so I think he can declare next year. But I wouldn't be surprised to see him stick around for another year, do his junior year and then and then um, go go to the NFL. So it could could more than likely be 2023, but it's gonna, he's going to be someone, if he performs well enough, that people are going to be speaking about. And I'm very excited to see if he can lead this offense along with, the, along with um, Castro Fields, who I, who I mentioned earlier, who's an unbelievable cornerback. So the next three teams that are coming up for me are all teams that I think should be better supported. Now, I don't think anyone other than Ohio State is going to win the Big Ten, but the next three teams on the list, Iowa, Indiana and Northwestern, for me, should be better odds than the two teams we've just talked about, Michigan and Penn State. I wonder if there's some 
historical bias playing into these rankings. Because in 2020, the Hawkeyes went 6-2. and two. Now, they ran the table after going 0-2 to open the season. Those two defeats were by a total of five points. And in week two, they lost 21-20 to Northwestern. That defeat is what cost them a trip to the Big Ten Championship game. So we can say that the Hawkeyes were just one point away from the championship game last year. Um, Their bowl game, the Music City Bowl, was cancelled due to you-know-what, and they had the number two defence in the Big Ten in 2020. A good year for, for the Hawkeyes. It ended well. The games that they did lose were desperately close. I think they can count themselves very unlucky not to have been taking on Ohio State in the championship game. Three games to look out for, and they are all road games. Uh, Trip to uh, Matt Campbell and the Iowa State Cyclones on the weekend of September the 11th. A visit to Wisconsin on October the 6th, and a week later, they visit Northwestern. Three tough fixtures all on the road. If they can can pick up two out of three wins there, we might be looking at a resurgent Hawkeyes team who were very, very unlucky not to be in the championship game last year. Um, Now, the Hawkeyes, of course, known for their tight ends. Have you got a tight end as your player to watch, Ash? No, I don't. I have something else that Iowa always seem to be pretty solid with, um, regardless of who's there, and that's on the offensive line. And I've gone for probably the best of the bunch. They've only got two guys coming back this year. So there's going to be two starters, that is, from 2020. So there is going to be a lot of change on the offensive line. But one guy who is coming back is Tyler Lindenbaum, the centre. Now, he's not the biggest lineman. I think he's 6'2", just shy of 300 pounds. But he is a mean player. We've spoken about centres last year who have gone into the NFL in 2021 that are not the largest, but are are mean they play aggressive they play bigger than they actually than their stature uh, and Lindenbaum is one of those um he's aggressive at the point of attack he's quick he's agile but he's got power behind him as well um and he and in my opinion he's he is the leader he was the leader last year of this offensive line he will definitely be the leader of the line and probably a lot of the defense uh, sorry a lot of the offense in 2021 and i think if he can have a big year if he can continue to develop his game, um, add a little bit more weight uh, because there are times where he can be overpowered by the big alignment. Um, but because he, he doesn't, for, for a guy his size, um, he can be out leveraged, which is something that's quite surprising. The, the smaller the smaller guys are usually the ones that can plant themselves quite well. But Lindenbach plays tall at times and can get outmaneuvered in that that aspect if you can write that if you can have a good 2021 I think he's going to be in conversation for the top center in 2022 if I'm not mistaken this is his third year with the program for yeah so he's so realistically this is his last chance um this is his last season there and and I think he's gonna have a good season as I say the 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 Iowa offensive line along with the tight ends always seem to produce no matter who it is there even if they're not the biggest names they always seem to get the job done, and I think they will do again this year. Um, and I think Lyndon Barnes is going to be a big, a big factor in that. I completely agree, and I know you love your big guys up front, and uh, I think Lyndon Bar- Linda Barnes is going to be somebody that is well respected and, and and well rated coming into the draft process. I think in terms of interior linemen, 
not just as a centre, but including guards as well. He, he could be the number one guy in that draft class. Next up is the Indiana Hoosiers coming in at 12 to 1. In 2020, they went 6 and 2 and lost their bowl game to the Ole Miss Rebels. Uh, in the regular season, the, the, the game that people talk about the most was the one score loss at Ohio State, where that defense gave Justin Fields a scare. We were talking about it at the top of the show when we were talking about the Buckeyes. But also, Michael Penix Jr. had one of the most controversial scores of the entire season um, when his dive for a a game-winning two-point conversion against, at the time, number eight-ranked Penn State um, gave them victory. And Ash, I've watched this again and again. I was watching it um, while I was prepping for the show, and I still do not know whether or not it's a legitimate score. Um, But... He had a good year. He, he certainly showed up against Ohio State as well. And um, three fixtures to look out for. I've put Ohio State on there on October the twenty third to see if that defense can give Ryan Day something to think about once more. But they also play Cincinnati on September eighteenth, and the final game of the season, a visit to Purdue Thanksgiving weekend. Um, is uh, Phoenix Junior your player to watch? for the Hoosiers? He's not. Uh, and the reason he's not is because he's coming off a torn ACL. He's not. He's never finished a season with um, Indiana because of injuries, knee, leg, whatever. Mm-hmm. He's recovering from a torn ACL. He missed spring game, spring training. There are reports that he's going to be ready for August. But uh, and, and there's no denying he's a, great, he's a great quarterback. If he can get and stay healthy... He he will have a great year, and I think Indiana will have a great year. But I, I think a lot rides on him keeping his health in in twenty twenty one, not only for the team but also for him because he is a one quarterback that people are looking at uh, for for the next level. I think I, I, he's not. Don't get me wrong; he's not going to be a. I don't think he's going to be a start an every week starter in the NFL. I think he's going to be a a backup. Uh, practice squads go, going around teams that's probably his future but mm-hmm. I do see him in the NFL but I've gone for a tight end um, and I've gone for Peyton Hendershot now Hendershot didn't have the best 2020 um, however he still ended up on the Big Ten um, third team the All-American, the All-American third team um, he caught 23 receptions and he's at four touchdowns and I think he's got great talent at the tight end position as a pass catching tight end. He's incredibly athletic. He's got good size. He has played along the um, the position as well. So not only has he played tight end, he's he's gone and uh, lined up in the X in the slot. He can do all those positions. I think there is an opportunity for him to potentially move to the wide receiver. But for me, I do still see him as a tight end because of his size. And he can block when he's called upon, uh, but he shouldn't be relied to do that. He is a pass-catching threat. That's that's what he has been doing his whole career. And I think he will. Uh, that's, that's, that's where I see him next. And it, it's more about his talent. As I say, he didn't have the best 2020. He had a lot of off-field issues and um, a few drop passes. If he can sort himself out and if he uh, could get rid of those drop passes um, and if he has a quarterback that can throw the ball to him, i.e. Michael Penix, um, I think he will be key to this offense along with obviously their plethora of 
wide receivers. Obviously, you've got Ty Freifogel and Watfield, uh, the main two, who I'm really excited on on Freifogel, but I just wanted to highlight a different player in a different position um, for Indiana, uh, which is why I went for Peyton Hendershot. Like it. And I suppose, you know, if he if he's registered as a tight end, he could also have some fantasy value if he's playing out wide as a wide receiver. Uh, we'll talk more about fantasy football at, at the end of the show. Don't let me forget that, Ash. Um, coming in at number seven, Northwestern again at 12 to one. That, f- again, for me, this is far too low for a team that went to the Big Ten Championship game last year. And also, they were the number one ranked defence in in the whole of the Big Ten, averaging just 16 points per game conceded. They went 7-2, and 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 their season ended with a loss in the Big Ten Championship game to Ohio State. They lost uh, one regular season game against Michigan State. Go figure that one. Uh, But they did end the year with a Citrus Bowl victory against Auburn. And Pat Fitzgerald is now entering his 15th year in charge of the programme. Three fixtures to look out for. Week one, home to Michigan State. I would expect revenge for last year's defeat there. The home game against Iowa on November the 6th. And then the visit the week later to Wisconsin. Just that one I was talking about. Iowa before, uh, Iowa and Wisconsin, those back-to-back games for Northwestern really could define their season. Now, they've they've had a lot of um, fans in terms of people watching what they can do on defence. It's not quite been the same on offence. Peyton Ramsey is, is, is gone, um, and your player to watch, Ash, is a quarterback that's going to be replacing him. Yeah, definitely. And I think the offense is going to be key this year. As you say, they were ranked, they were the top ranked defense in, in the Big Ten um, last year. But their their offense, to be honest, despite how well Peyton Ramsey played, their offense was was bad for for a lot of the season. I think they ranked last or or near the bottom in in passing efficiency. Um, as you say, they, they only conceded 16 points a game, but I also think they only averaged scoring 16 points a game. So they relied on their on their defense massively. So quarterback's going to be key for them, um, along with obviously the supporting cast. But I've gone for one of the two transfers, uh, and I went for South Carolina, Ryan Hilsinki, um, sorry, Helinski, who's who's come in. Um, he's got a difficult job on his hands to 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 replace Ramsey. As I say, Ramsey had a great year despite the the issues that the offense had. But um, Hilinski's got the size. Um, he's shown in South Carolina that he can make any throw when when asked upon. Um, he's also a leader, um, not only on the field as you expect from a quarterback, but also off the field as well. He's shown that from from high school, it also and also in his time in in, in South Carolina. And I think if Northwestern are going to have another solid year. They've lost a couple of key guys on defense. So I think they are going to have to look at their offense more this year. And it's got to start with, um, with the quarterback. And, and I, and I think, um, Hilinski is going to win the job over, um, Hunter Johnson. Um, and I think he's going to be key for, for Northwestern to, to keep that record from last year because obviously they don't want to go back to, to, to 2019 with that that one and eight and I don't think they will because I think the um the coach the coach has come in and, and, and done an unbelievable job uh, for them so I, I don't I don't expect them to be anywhere near what they used to be but I think it will be uh probably more towards a middle of the road year for them um depending on on how how the quarterbacks go but that's why 
um, Hillinski is my player to watch because I think he's going to be so important to their success. Okay, lack of. I can I can go with that. I, I do expect them to take a, a step back, but for me, for them to be ranked seventh in terms of odds is bizarre. Anyway, we're getting into the the, the bottom half of the Big Ten now. Teams um, generally just looking through it now. Yeah, every, every team left has a has a losing record. The Nebraska Cornhuskers coming in at eight, fourteen to one. They went three and five last year with victories over Penn State, Purdue, and Rutgers. Three fixtures to look out for. Uh, one game that is very winnable. Two that that very much are not. Uh, the Buffalo Bulls, September the 11th, they uh, host Buffalo there. A visit to the Oklahoma soon as a week later on September 18th. And then November the 6th, they host Ohio State. And just a reminder that the Buckeyes put 52 past the Cornhuskers last year. So two tough games on the schedule there. A visit to Oklahoma, hosting Ohio State. Uh, certainly jump out on their schedule. We've got another quarterback to look out for. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and he's an exciting quarterback at that, but he's someone who has sort of left a little bit to be desired um, so far in his time at Nebraska. Uh, and that's Adrian Martinez. Um, he is now going into his fourth year uh, with the programme. Uh, and I put, I, I've said he's had a down year in 2020. And I, and I think, yes, he did. Um, but he wasn't bad. He was still averaging 71% completion rate. Um, he was still the top rusher in this team, which is <clears throat> is not something you want to see. You don't want your quarterback to be a top rusher, but that just shows how good he is with his legs. He put up 22 rushing touchdowns with his legs. Um, he can keep plays alive um, with, his, with his feet. He can, he can make space for himself with those, whether he's actually going to take the play on himself, which a lot of time is what he did, or, or whether he just make, makes time out of the pocket. But it, there, was, there was times where... They were driving down the field, but they couldn't quite finish the play. They couldn't quite get it over the line. Um, and, and that is something that he needs to get done this year for him to basically become the quarterback that a lot of us uh, have expected him to be. Because if he can get that 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 final bit over the line, um, I think he's going to be a great quarterback. I think it's probably a bit too late for him now to, to fully establish himself as 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 a top quarterback, unfortunately, um, but he can get it done with his arm. Um, in particular, his deep throw is 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 great. Um, but it's it's just his decision making. If he can improve his decision making, I think he's going to take a step forward again in twenty twenty one. And I think that's going to be key for Nebraska on whether their season is a good season um in, in in Nebraska's books or or a really bad season. I think it's gonna live and die by him, not just in the passing game, but in the running game as well, because as I say, they they seem to rely far too much on them, uh, on on Martinez in, in the in the running game as well. But they have brought in Marquis Steep, so although he got hurt in spring, so that'll be an interesting bit of news to watch as well if he can be healthy. The Minnesota Golden Golfers had a disappointing year in 2020. They are currently ninth uh, favourites at 20 to 1. They had a losing record, went 3 and 4 last year and declined a bowl game invitation. A disappointing return for a team that went 11 and 2 in 2019. Their games with Wisconsin and Northwestern were cancelled. And looking at how those three programmes were playing, it probably would have led. To, to two more defeats on the record. Now, 
Rashad Bateman was the story when it came to Minnesota last year. Uh, he, of course, was a first-round draft pick to the Baltimore Ravens this time around. He opted out and then back in. He still ended up with the season ending early for him. It was a strange return and eventual exit for what was clearly the best player on that offence. Now, Ash, I've I've written that Mohamed Ibrahim is the one to look out for in 2020, and you agree with me? Yeah, I do. Uh, definitely. I think Tanner... Tanner Morgan was 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 in consideration here, but I think is the the main the main guy in Minnesota. Um, that was probably the easy choice. I've gone for for Mohammed Ibrahim. I think we've discussed him before, and I think some people thought he might make the decision to to step out and declare in twenty one. He didn't. He has decided to go back, and he's coming off of the obviously he won the the running back of the year in the Big Ten, and and obviously he was first team All Big Ten um, with just with over a thousand yards, I think, and. I think his rushing yardage per game was top three or top five um, in in the nation. He had a great 2020, and I expect him to to have an even better 21 and improve his already impressive resume um, for the for the in what I believe will be the 2022 draft when he comes out. He's a big bruising running back. He he'll, he'll put people on the ground. Um, he isn't afraid to make contact with a defender and. He's got some of the best ball security in in college, and he hasn't given up a single fumble. And I think he's in his third, third or, or going into his fourth year. So that's really impressive. We obviously don't want running backs to drop the ball, but to not give up a single fumble in your collegiate career is is impressive. But he can also make players miss as well, which is I think is what's so fascinating about him. He's he's one of those running backs that you um you are confident whenever the ball's in his hands. And that's what I'm expecting to see because one thing that we haven't seen from him now it might not be it might not be because he can't it could be that it's just the way that that Minnesota want to use him but it's pass catching we haven't seen anything from him in fact he's only I believe caught seven catches in mm-hmm. in his career for Minnesota so he's really not relied upon um, as a as a as a pass catching receiver and you can see. I think it's more on him. I think he needs to improve his receiving game because at times when you watch the tape on him, his route running out of the backfield is not the best. He he can be a, quite sloppy at times and sort of that can put your, your quarterback in a in a difficult position because if your running back is going to be making a a, a run uh, for, a, for a pass, it is a design play a lot of the time. So if he's not running the route properly, you're not only putting yourself out of the game, but you're putting your quarterback in a difficult situation. So if you can improve that, I think the sky's the limit with him. And I think he's probably going to be one of the top running backs that we're speaking about um, for next year in the in the draft. Yeah, I, w- I wouldn't be expecting him to make many catches, I'll be honest, but I love his no. toughness. You know, he's, yeah, definitely. He's, his contact balance, but also the, the way in which he just seems to bulldoze through defenders. I love watching Mohamed Ibrahim play. Um, Next up is the Michigan State Spartans, currently 50-1 to to win the Big Ten next year. It was Mel Tucker's first year as head coach in 2020, and they went 2-5, and uh, finishing bottom of the Big Ten East. Now, they won the rivalry game versus the Michigan Wolverines and had an upset win over Northwestern. They lost against Indiana without putting up a single point and were the worst offence in terms of yards per game in the entire Big Ten last year. To make matters worse, they had the worst defence too, conceding 35 points per game. And so it was um, a two-win season 
Um, not a great return, to be honest. Um, I think the, the upset win over Northwestern papered over a lot of cracks. Top three fixtures. Um, I talked about that upset win over Northwestern. Well, they travel there on September 3rd, first game of the season. Uh, uh, maybe a revenge game for Northwestern there. Um, a, a trip to Miami, week three on September the 18th. And they host the Michigan Wolverines on October 30th. Um, now the, the 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 Spartans ask they have they have good uniforms. The players the players in them aren't always the best in the Big Ten in recent years. Um, but who are you looking forward to watching? So we've had a, a bit of a big run on on off, our offensive players for the last few teams. So I, I have gone back to the defensive side of the ball for for Michigan State, um, and I've chosen Xavier Henderson, the safety. Henderson has been uh, in this program for the last three years. He's been a solid starter for for most of that time. And to be honest, his his stats have been are, are pretty impressive. In three seasons, he's he's um, amassed 139 tackles and six pass breakups. 139 tackles from a from a safety in three years is nothing to scoff at. And and, and it's 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 the way he gets to players um, and the way he tracks them and, and it's almost a tackle magnet. If he gets to a player, he rarely misses. Um, he always looks to, to wrap up and bring the player down rather than just hit them. Um, and he's, he's one of those guys that you can rely on if a player is, is, is about to break that he, he will stop it. Um, and he's also took a step forward in, in his leadership um, on the field as well. Um, obviously Michigan had a, uh, a poor season for Mel Tucker, which was unfortunate because, uh, as as most people know, Tucker joined the program quite late. They didn't have the um, they didn't have the training because of all the issues going ar- around. So it was an unfortunate year for Michigan. I do expect them to take a a, a bit of a step forward. Um, the whole team has to improve, and I think there's going to be a lot of pressure on Mel Tucker and his staff this year. They've got a lot of new guys coming in. Rocky Lombardi, the quarterback's gone. Um, I think it's Peyton Fawn is the favourite, but you've also got transfer Anthony Russo in as well. So that should be an interesting battle. But I think defence is where they're going to need to um, really improve their overall game um, if they want to be any any sort of success in, in 2021. And I think Xavier Henderson is going to be a big guy to lean on for that. Next up, we're getting towards the the also runs now. The Purdue Boilermakers coming in also at fifty to one, two and four in twenty twenty. They did start two and zero oh with wins over Iowa and Illinois, and then it all seemed to go a little bit wrong. Uh, they did also have three fixtures cancelled. The game against Indiana twice. First of all, it was postponed, and then the rearranged fixture was cancelled. And then the game against Wisconsin. Three fixtures to look out for. They visit Notre Dame September 18th, uh, host Michigan State on November the 6th, and then Indiana November 27th. There can only be one player for Purdue that, that you're interested in watching, surely, Ash. Yeah, definitely. This one, it, it, this one's an easy to, decision, to be honest. Um, it, it is David Bell, wide receiver. He's probably the 
that he is one of the top wide receivers in, in college that people are looking at. Um, and in my opinion, I think he's already a better prospect than his former teammate, Rondell Moore, who has obviously left for the NFL this year. Um, and he's still got another year to improve before he makes that step up into the NFL. And he's already been spoken about, uh, spoken about as a high end first rounder. So, I mean, the sky's the limit for this kid. He is a phenomenal route runner. Um, so clean in his routes um, and he makes his he makes his quarterback's life a lot easier for him whoever that might be um, I mean obviously Jack Plummer and, and Aiden O'Connell split split it last year and it sounds as if there's going to be another battle for the quarterback this year but David Bell is the number one guy in this team I hope a couple of other guys take a step up with Rondell Moore going because he as good as Bell is he needs to have some people next to him so it's not all on him because mm-hmm. we want to see him at his best. If it's all on him, he's going to get double teamed. He's going to get the best guy every day. Uh, he's just going to have no time, no space. And that might, that will show us some of the parts of the games that we might not have seen yet, but I just want to see him ball out every game. He's got great speed. He's got an explosive play in his back pocket at any moment. You can pick the ball up a yard from the, from the, um, from the scrimmage line and he'll take it to the house. He's, he's that good. He has had over 1600 yards and 15 touchdowns. I think he's easily going to hit a thousand yards again. And he's just a, a pleasure to watch. His tape's brilliant. And I think he's going to just expect more of the same in 2021. And yeah, I, I'm really excited to watch him. I just hope that he's got a quarterback that can throw him the ball. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, he seems to be out there on his own. A lot of people expected Rondale Moore to be a first-round draft pick. He wasn't. He went in round two. Ash, do you know who the last first-round draft pick was from Purdue? Uh, it's a great no. NFL pro. Is it actually? Or are you, are you? No, no. Uh, he's been in the headlines this off-season me... jumping ship. Yeah, let me... Just think who I'm just trying to think of Purdue players, and the only one who's coming to mind, and it's probably I don't know if it'll be him or not. The only one I can even think of is on the defensive side, and that's Ryan Kerrigan. It is Ryan is Kerrigan, yeah, <clears throat> 16th overall, 2011. Yeah, and uh, he's now playing with the Philadelphia Eagles after a, a long stint on the Washington football team. Ash, there you go. Yeah. That's why you earn the big bucks here at Five Yard College, <laughs> knowledge like that. Um, coming in at 12, also at 50 to 1, Rutgers. At three and six in 2020, it was the first year of Greg Schiano's second stint as head coach, and they lost every home game. They'll be hoping for better next year. Top three fixtures, it's New York versus New Jersey when they visit Syracuse, September the 11th. I think there's also a winnable game when they visit Illinois on October the 30th. And of course, Thanksgiving weekend rivalry fixture versus the Maryland Terrapins. Um, tell me about cornerback Elijah Clark because this is this is a freshman, is it not? This is indeed a freshman, yeah. And it just probably goes to show how much of a struggle Rutgers was to pick someone out, um, and, and I really did struggle. But Elijah Clark is a freshman. He is injured at the moment as well, which is never good for a freshman. But I think he is he will be the best cornerback slash safeties. He's, he's got that ability to play in both positions. I just hope this injury doesn't give him too much of setback, um, but he plays bigger than his age. Um, he was 
what he was a standout cornerback in high school. Um, he's incredibly physical. He's got great speed. He can get all over the field. And I just hope that, like I say, I hope this injury is nothing is nothing too bad. And I hope he gets his chance in 2021 because I think if he can, I think he's going to make a name for himself regardless of how Rutgers do. I'm not expecting great things from this this year. I think they're probably going to be towards the bottom of the uh of the of the Big Ten, um, but I think Elijah Clark might be a bright a bright light in this in this dim season, uh, despite being a true freshman. Again, this is why you earn the big books knowledge like that. So keep an eye out for that name, Elijah Clark, freshman cornerback coming out of Rutgers. Uh, we now come to the teams. Um, we'll call them the bottom feeders because I'm sure a terrapin is is a <laughs> bottom feeder. Um, do you know what? I should love a, a pet terrapin. It's like a little turtle, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, a little aquatic turtle. I've wanted a turtle for years, but the missus keeps saying no. I think she's worried that it'll, out, it'll outlive <laughs> me and I'll have to put it in the will. But I, yeah, but I might have to settle for a therapy. I could live with that. Anyway, Maryland coming in 13th, 80 to 1 to win the Big Ten. Please don't bother. I know I said don't listen to my betting tips, but please listen to this one. Do not bother. Two and three in 2020. They had a one-point win over Minnesota in week two in overtime, and baby Tagovailoa played his part in that. They had three fixtures cancelled after a two-and-one start to the season, and they were against Ohio State and the two Michigans, the Wolverines and the State Spartans. Three fixtures to look out for. The first week of the year, they host West Virginia, a visit to Michigan State November the 13th, and they are at Rutgers November 27th. Um, Rakeem Jarrett, uh, you need to tell me, Ash, how does somebody turn down the LSU Tigers for a spot in Maryland? Yeah, it caused a bit of a storm when he decided to do that, but he did. Um, it, he as I say, um, Rakeem Jarrett, wide receiver, decided that uh, Maryland is where he wanted to go. Um, and to be fair, he, in his freshman year, he he made a good account for himself. Yes, he only caught 17 receptions, uh, 252 yards and two touchdowns. But this Maryland offense last year was was weird, was weird. They At times, they, they looked great. They looked like a, a well-ran offense that know exactly what they're doing. Um, and then at times, they... Them, the offensive line, Tagovailoa looked like they had absolutely no clue what was going on. I, I hope Tagovailoa is going to take a step forward next this year. Um, I think it's always difficult for a guy who has was, has been a backup and come been thrust into a underperforming program to have a good first year when you're learning with all the other issues going on that we had in 2020. I do expect him to take a step forward, get that consistency back. I hope the offensive line is improved. Um, and and Rakeem Jarrett, I think is, is a, is a top wide receiver. I think he's probably one of the best wide receivers in the big 10 after the likes of the Ohio state guys and David Bell. Um, he's got top end speed. He's got instant acceleration, but he's also got a, an incredibly well-rounded route running, route running tree for a guy so young he can pretty much do everything in 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 terms of the the runs that that you want the routes that you want from a wide receiver and he's only entering his second year Uh, as long as he's as long as he can get the ball as long as someone can get the ball to him I think he's going to have a great career and I think I I really do see him transitioning well into the NFL as as a as a solid outside deep threat wide receiver 
um, as long as his development in in Maryland goes well. Um, and I think it, a lot of it's going to be on Tagovailoa, um, but I think Raheem Jarrett has got the talent to to overwrite that, much like obviously Moore and Bell at Purdue who have obviously been underperforming programs and yet they've still shown their ability. I think it's going to be a very similar situation to Rakeem Jarrett. Um, and I think he's going to be a guy that we, we need to keep an eye out for in two or three years' time because I fully expect him to be be one of the names that we're discussing as a top I wide receiver. I cannot wait to take Rakeem Jarrett in our college fantasy football league ahead of you. <laughs> and I can't wait for that text that's going to come in. Something along the lines of, you had no idea who he was until I told you on the pod, <laughs> and now he's on my college fantasy football team. Uh, <laughs> finally, in at 14, Illinois, 100 to 1. Just like I said above, don't even think about it. Don't bother. Bottom of the Big Ten West in 2020, finishing 2-6. and six. Um, They were bottom of a mini group of four teams, all with losing records. They had one game cancelled, and that was Ohio State. So that have uh, stopped them going at two and seven. They have 17 commits in 2021 and not one of them is a four or five star recruit. So they are facing an uphill battle in Illinois. Top three fixtures. They visit Virginia September the 11th. They should get a victory over the Charlotte 49ers in a home game on October the 2nd. And they might even be in for another win when they play Rutgers on October the 30th. Now, with each programme, Ash, it's got harder to to name somebody or it's harder to find that household name. Who have you picked out for Illinois? Um, I've gone back to the offensive line and, and another centre, um, this time in um, Doug Kramer. Um, and my, my write-up probably says it all. He's not one of the most talked about linesmen in the Big Ten let alone the college game, but there is no denying his ability. He's going to be replacing Kendrick Green, who has joined the Steelers, um, who will probably line up at centre for the Steelers, but but played a lot of time at guard for Illinois because of Doug Kramer. Um, Doug Kramer's been a starter since the since day dot. As soon as he arrived into the programme, he was he was almost instantly named the starting centre. He's played 32 games for them. He hadn't he didn't allow a sack in 751 snaps. Now, for a team when we're talking about like Illinois, who are mm-hmm. two and six last year, bottom of the Big Ten West was was a bad year for them. But they they they've been a middle of the road program for the last couple of years. To have a, a starting centre go that long without giving up a sack uh, against some of these defences that, that they've come up against is nothing to scoff about. And he's also, much like Lindenbaum, we spoke about earlier, he's a smaller guy. He's got a smaller frame, but he uses it so well. He, can, he, he uses his body. So it, it almost counteracts the fact that he's a smaller guy. Uh, but again, he struggles to finish out the, the final blocks, the final plays, and he gets out leverage, which I always find interesting when you're looking at tape of smaller offensive linemen, whether that's a tackle or a guard or a centre in this case, that they get out leveraged by bigger guys getting underneath them when they're a smaller player. That is the, that's one thing I picked out from him. I think his, his overall game is pretty solid, and I think he's going to be a, a, a late-round uh, offensive lineman that will be that we'll see drafted next year, but I think he's the the best guy on this offensive line. He'll be someone that they'll be looking at to to lead this offensive line and keep the uh, keep the the quarterback upright if they want to have any success in twenty twenty one. 
I love it, Ash. I love it. Yet again, you bring in the research, bring in, bring in names that we, we might not necessarily know too well. Um, but Doug Kramer, again, you know, that could be somebody whose name that we, we hear more of as we head towards the, the draft process. Um, Ash, that is the Big Ten for 2021. Um, it can't be anyone but Ohio State, right? <laughs> I, w- you just, I, I know wanna... you don't want to say it because it's tempting fate. But if you weren't no, a Buckeyes fan, would you be as yeah, confident as not. I am? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. I, it's Ohio State's to lose. They're, 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 they've got one of the best rosters in, in the whole of college, let alone mm-hmm. the, in the Big Ten. So it's, it's for them to lose. It is, absolutely. I did uh, tease earlier on, we we're going to talk about fantasy football. Now, this time last year, we'd have been here asking for people to get involved in the five-yard showdown against Team Rush. But for various reasons, we've run out of spots. Um, for, for, one, for one thing, we've got more people on the team writing for us, getting involved. But also, uh, you've got to get on the Discord channel, folks. And if you join the Discord, you will get things opportunities like this first. You know, we said to, to, to those guys on there to keep an eye out and um, keep an eye out for a spot. We're glad to have Jack back this year as well. We're hoping that this year we can really mount a push and beat Team Rush in the five-yard showdown. So if you fancy getting involved on the Discord, come and hit us up on Twitter. Let us know. We'll send you a link, and it really is as easy as that. So if you want to talk some college football, that's the place for it. So, Ash, I'm off the COVID list. Um, As you might be able to tell, my voice has just about made it through this episode, so I'm going to go and put my feet up, enjoy the rest of the bank holiday weekend while it's still here, and uh, maybe rest my voice for a little while. Ash, it's been an absolute pleasure, my mate. It has, as it always is, as it always is, and I'm I'm already looking forward to next week on uh, on the Big 12. Yeah, and I've got some teams with a, that I've got a soft spot for in the Big 12, so I'm looking forward to it too. So that's coming up next week. After that, who knows what's happening? Because we're still in this lull between the summer months and the season starting. So after next week in the Big 12, who knows what is happening? You never know. We might even talk some fantasy football. Who'd have thought it? Um, so Rush Nation, you take care of yourselves. Uh, obviously, you know where to find us on Twitter. We've got a lot of articles coming out in the next week or so. We've got some NFL draft stuff. We've got some season previews for certain teams. In fact, the Ohio State Buckeyes are one of those. If you want a team to be previewed, just let us know on Twitter and we'll, we'll get on and do it. And we'll see you next time. Saturdays are for Rushing too. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.